0: You can visit our website at unitedrecoveryproject.com. All right, welcome to Hell Has an Exit. I'm your host, Brian Alzate. On this show, we interview mainly recovering addicts, but basically anyone who's uh, gone through any type of near-death experience and um, try to have a different type of person each show um you can also follow us on instagram at hell has an exit that's where most of the information and stuff gets put out so today i have my friend alex adams here hello what's going on bro <laughs> it's um, good to be here yeah man it's good to see you so you uh, i just found out that you are no longer the most viewed adult porn star anymore
1: yeah I've fallen from grace mm. i don't have the uh number how, one spot how
0: there. long were you number one for Probably like two and a half years. Wow. And you haven't been on Pornhub that long, right? Probably three and a half years altogether. You've only been on Pornhub for three and a half years? Yeah, I think three, three and a half years. So in those three and a half years, you surpassed everybody? I did. Wow. <laughs> everybody <laughs> else is lazy. Yeah. How many uh, views you got now? Only 1.7 billion. 1.7 billion. Yeah. That's pretty wild, bro. And what about like all the other sites? Do you like you do you consider the other sites or you, you that's just basically it? No, well I mean on Like if you're number one on Pornhub, you're basically number one in the world, right? At least in America, that's kind of the the perspective
1: that it's kind of Pornhub's the most mm-hmm. you know, thought about. But on X videos, I mean I have on X videos and X X and XX I probably have about two billion views too. Wow. And I also had like about a billion a few years ago and they deleted my account. We got in an argument. Yeah, you got an argument with that guy because he wasn't paying enough, right? Yeah. Me and a friend, uh, another producer decided that we were gonna have a strike and mm-hmm. say we weren't posting content until they started paying us more.
0: And they just said, fuck you. Yeah, they deleted our channels. Wow. <laughs> but then we both got back on a... Nice. About a year and a half ago. You think they care? They just haven't noticed or whatever?
1: We tried to be low key about it and yeah. like use our names at first but I think they know and don't
0: care. Yeah. Yeah, they're huge. Um so I don't know too much about your story but I do remember how long you've been clean now? 8 years. 8 years. Wow. Yeah, I've known you basically the whole 8 years. I remember uh, when we used to go to the 10 o'clock or was it the midnight? It was probably the 10 in the midnight. Yeah. It's mostly room. where I go. Um yeah. So if you just want to like jump into your story, like what growing up was like, where you're from, go for it. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard you speak at a meeting. I think you sharing the other night was probably one of the only times I've heard you share. Yeah, I don't, I don't share
1: all that much. I've spoken a few times. Um, just a quiet guy. Well, when you're quiet, people, they don't know what to, they don't know if you're stupid or a genius or mm-hmm. you learn that weird hour. or, yeah. So if you don't say anything, you don't sound stupid. So there you go. <laughs> but I should speak more. I don't know, early on for meetings, I, I just kind of got drilled into me to like to shut up and mm-hmm. sit down and listen. And if we want to know how to smoke crack, we'll ask you. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, no, I'm from, uh, I'm from Maryland. I got good parents. My dad's an alcoholic, but my parents are still together.
0: Currently still drinks? He does now, yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. But he's had uh, been in recovery multiple times. He said, uh, when I was born, he got sober for the first time and he stayed clean for like eight years. Wow. And then um, in and out, he's got like a pattern of like two or three years clean and then he'll drink for a couple months or a week or two. And then, so the past few years, he's been drinking again. And that has been like that for, I mean, the guy's probably got like 20 years clean altogether
2: Mm -hmm.
1: over the past 30 years. Does he go to meetings or anything like that? Not right now, because he's he's kind of yeah drinking, but um when he, he has
0: before gets clean, he goes to his yeah, hands.
1: a lot of times though he he'll go for like a couple months and then kind of just you know not yeah. stop and then he'll stay clean for another year or two, complacency, yeah, I mean, he, I remember early on, um I started like alcohol was the first thing, um, when I was like seventeen, but the first meet my dad took me to a meeting like the second time I drank i Blacked out and I threw up all over the bathroom and my mom found me because mm-hmm. <laughs> I was drinking by myself at the, after school because I was just like, I'm going to try getting drunk.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, uh, but he took me to an AA meeting and uh, like before he went, he's just like, this is kind of like church. A lot of guys go to this all the time because they need to mm-hmm. and it's, you know, it's a little weird, but it'll be good for you and I don't know what else to do so I'm going to take you to one because you're just like me. Wow. <laughs> and I was like, okay. What was high school like? <laughs> could have been better. I for some reason decided to go to an all boys school because two of my friends from like uh, middle school wanted to go to it. It's mm-hmm. like all boys Catholic school. I didn't have a lot of friends, but I had like one really good friend and he got me into working out and got us to join the wrestling team. And, and it was, you know, it was all right. Um, I wasn't really a good student. I was smart, so I did good early on. And then by the time I got to 16 or so, I kind of was like, this making b's and c's and stuff yeah because i didn't want to do any i didn't want to do homework or study or (laughs) and then by uh i think by 17 kind of out of the blue i just decided that i haven't ever drank before and i haven't ever smoked a cigarette so i just one day after school i just i had a beer and i by uh, yourself yeah by myself yeah (laughs) yeah just rant yeah just totally out of the blue and i was like oh that's all right That was pretty cool and then a few days later i got drunk and then um, and I just kind of decided to try to keep getting fucked up as much as possible. Mm-hmm. You know, early on, I didn't have like a ton of friends. I was kind of like a nerd a little bit. Like I was really into like reading all the time and kind of, you know, my parents lived kind of in the woods, kind of out of the way. So, you know, I was really used to like doing shit by myself, you know I mean? So early on, once I started drinking and stuff and using like I was cool doing it by myself, you know? And I had no, like, for some reason, like I I had good parents. Um, I didn't really, I didn't have any, like, any abuse or any, like, reason to think, like, oh, I'm, like, 18 years old. Like, I should wake up and, and drink a pint of vodka at 9 a.m. or, like, try to find pills and, you know. I've always been, like, super obsessed with stuff. So I get into something and I get super compulsively obsessed. So I remember being, like, 17, 18, like I'd go on Arrowhead and I'd be looking at like research chemicals and like legal ways to get high. I started getting into like, you know, doing Robitussin and and, uh, sleeping, like Mm over-the-counter sleeping pills. And, you know, I'd be like tripping balls and in my room in the middle of the night and like screaming sometimes because I'd (laughs) like hallucinate. And uh, a lot of my using wasn't like, a lot of it wasn't that much fun. Um, There was fun times, but a lot of it was just really like, just rough and crazy, and but i just I just kept going for it, and from the very beginning, I, I had consequences, you know my biggest dream was to be able to use for like six months or a year and not have anybody find out.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That was like my biggest fantasy that, that I could
0: just people always find out
1: yeah immediately i'd get like a a week or two, a couple of weeks, and then um I'd get drunk and I'd like pass out somewhere or I'd like wreck a car, just do like crazy shit. And I'd get in trouble my parents would be like, you can't leave the house, we're taking your keys. And like, you know, I went to treatment the first time at like 18. Mm -hmm. And I went to a fancy treatment center, the first one. Can I I say the name of it? Sure, (laughs) okay. As uh, Father Martin's Ashley. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was, it's a pretty good spot. I had a good time. I had no intentions of staying clean. Mm-hmm. But I was like. Did
0: I, you ever think like about 12-step meetings at the time where you ever like thinking about going to AA or anything? Basically, when I started using it at 17, I might have been like
1: still 16, but I was almost 17. And then my right away, my dad started to get me to go to some meetings with him. I just figured like, you know what? It's, this is good for some people, but I don't need that because I'm going to figure out how to constantly get drunk and and use drugs and not get in trouble. Mm -hmm. Even though I never could do that for more than like three weeks. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I would never really do anything different. I would just get blackout drunk and steal pain pills from my grandma. Like I just was, there was like never really any control, but I just always hoped that somehow I was gonna do something different and I wouldn't. Mm -hmm. But I figured that, I figured that it was just like a, a moral failing or something I had like, and that I would just, Figure it out, like there was some kind of like secret that I would figure out, and I would control it. I thought like saying it was a disease was kind of just a cop
0: out. Was there a lot of old people, older people, at these meetings for the most part, in Maryland?
1: A lot, a lot. I mean, there was there were some younger people too. Right away though, too, I started. I mean, I would just I started becoming like a compulsive liar. Like once I started, I wasn't like that before I started using, but once I started using. I would just lie constantly.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. You know, I got like a DUI and I went to rehab the first time and I think I was going to meetings as part of like probation or something. And I just like, you know, learn the language and would say what I thought people wanted to hear. I would, uh, sometimes I'd go to meetings drunk and I would, uh, and I would share a bunch of bullshit. I'm talking about like, oh, God is, is God is good. I'm Mm -hmm. so, just so blessed to have like, and I would be, (laughs) Wasted, And I, I thought that because nobody would say anything to me, that I was good. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize like, oh, they could know that I was fucked up and then not say anything yeah. about it. I thought like, oh, if, if they think I'm drunk, they have to say something to me. Mm-hmm. So they didn't sound good. <laughs> and then what happened? I did that kind of for a couple of years at like, I think at 19, I went to a, a treatment center again. That one was not as fancy. That was like my first kind of inkling of like, man, maybe I should stop using it for a while. That was kind of the first, like, I'm 19. This is the second treatment center. Everybody's mad at me. I've got like, you know, I think I just got a DUI at 19 or something. And, um, but I didn't, I didn't want to actually get clean. I just thought I just need to get, I was like, I'll just stay clean for a year. Mm-hmm. I'll stay clean for a year. And then um, I'll get back in school, like in college. And then I'll, figure it out, and then I'll be good. And then after I got out of there, I think I went to, this, I went to a halfway house and I was there for a couple months. And I was like, oh, six months. So i was just get six months and then I'll be able to figure it out and start using. And I think I ended up making like five months clean mm-hmm. before I started using again. The idea of actually really trying to stay clean forever was just crazy. I was just sure that I would figure it out somehow. And I just kind of bounced around. Uh, you know, my parents kicked me out of their house and um, I lived in this halfway house for like a, a year and a half and I'd, I'd use on and off and like, I got away with it for a while, but I just, you know, I worked random jobs and and at 21, I joined the Marines. That was like my, okay, I'm finally gonna do something, you know, that's gonna fix me, you know? Mm-hmm. Cause I was like, I'm a fuck up. I work at Radio Shack and Walmart and <laughs> like, I've been a, like a manager of the halfway house and I still use drugs mm-hmm. and I'm a bomb. So I thought, hit some kind of bottom. I was just, I'm just gonna join the Marine Corps, fuck it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then, uh, cause that was something I never thought about doing, but I figured like that is something crazy and ridiculous. And then if I just go to boot camp and it's like three months. And then I, my parents can't say I didn't do anything.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it, it worked,
0: it worked for a little while. How long are you in the Marines for? Four years. I didn't know that, Yeah, crazy. Yeah. How yeah. was the Marines? I liked it a lot. Was it as tough as people <laughs> say? It?
1: I mean, like, a little bit. I mean, like, I didn't do anything that crazy. I, uh, I was just, like, in North Carolina most of the time. Mm-hmm. I didn't
0: go overseas. What um, years was this? 2008 to uh, 2012. Wow. Yeah. Did you stay sober the whole time?
1: Absolutely like, not. <laughs> you are drinking the whole time? Yeah, pretty much. Well, I had a—right um, after I got out of boot camp, I mean, like, my drinking buddy picked me up and we got drunk. I almost died. Like, we, he picked me up after the ceremony on Paris Island. And then he drove me, my friend drove me back up to Maryland, but we stopped in like North Carolina at Camp Lejeune because he was stationed in Lejeune. Uh, Paris Island's in South Carolina. So, you know, we drove up to North Carolina and he's like, I'm gonna show you what a shithole uh, Jacksonville, North Carolina is. And like, (laughs) we're gonna go to strip clubs and I'll show you where you're probably gonna get stationed. And then I remember drinking and stuff with him and then the next morning we, we got in this hot tub at this hotel we were at and I almost drowned in the hot tub.
0: Wow, from being fucked
1: up. <laughs> yeah, from being so fucked <laughs> up. And uh, he, I remember him like shaking me away. Like I was just floating like face down <laughs> in the hot tub, like one day out of boot camp. And I remember like in the, because you have safety briefings and stuff in um, the military whether they release you on like, you know, 10 days leave or any kind of leave or a weekend, they tell you like, don't get a DUI, don't fight, don't do anything stupid. And they were saying like, some of you are gonna die. On boot camp, leave. like the 10 days of leave, you're gonna like flip over a fucking ATV or a motorcycle or shoot your, you know, hand off with a firework. <laughs> and I remember like he woke me up. And I was like, I was just that guy almost. Yeah. Like I almost just died <laughs> the first chance I got. But yeah, I, I got ended up getting stationed in Maryland. Um, the job I got was like working on night vision and um, missile launchers and artillery and stuff, um, but all like optics stuff. Mm-hmm. I ended up going to school at this army base near where I actually grew up, like right down the road from it. But while I was there, I started pretty quickly, like, because I, I realized, like, oh, okay, well, I, I made it through boot camp. I'm a United States Marine. I'm in great shape. I have a six pack, I'm very strong. And um, pretty quick, I started getting in trouble again. And I got to a point where I was like in trouble already for drinking. And then I left base and then I got really fucked up. And I think I pissed all over the gym or something. <laughs> and, uh, just made like a big scene and like they were basically like, we're going to send you to treatment or we're going to kick you out. And I was
0: like, I'll go to treatment. While well, the Marines said that? Yeah, yeah. I don't know they did that. Yeah, but so I, I was in
1: for like a year into the Marines and they were like, we're sending you to rehab. Mm-hmm. You're too much. <laughs>
0: but you, you finished your four years, right?
1: I didn't. I got kicked out like five days before I was supposed to get out. Well,
0: For, for then? Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, And it was like a two month, two, three months before that of like them doing it. We went to like a hearing for it and everything. If I wouldn't have gotten in trouble the last time, it would have been like another week and I would have been (laughs) getting out.
0: And then what happened after that?
1: Like while I was in, they sent me that treatment the first time and I like, that was the first time I was like, I was like, all right, I'm going to give this thing a fucking shot. Cause like, obviously something's very like wrong. I got out started drinking again pretty quick after like a couple of weeks, got in some trouble again. And I was like, okay, no, but for real. And then I found, <laughs> I found like a meeting um, off base and I started going like every night. I got a sponsor. I started working a few steps. Um, I switched sponsors a few times and like worked the first three steps, maybe like four times in a year, but I got a year clean. I mean, once I got that year clean, it was like, I was like a superhero. And I was like, I did it. Mm-hmm. And everybody loved me in my unit and everything. And I was a great, awesome Marine. And I was super amazing and smart. And, and then I had like another couple of months later, I, I decided I could use again, you know, at a party. And immediately, immediately got in a fight with one of my best friends. And like, it was bad right off the bat. And it took me like three months before I even tried to stop using again. And then it was like a year, it was like the rest of the time that I was in, the next two years, it was kind of like me trying to kinda get some clean time and then just not really being able to consistently do it. Like I knew I needed to get clean again, but I just didn't really want to. Mm-hmm. So like my biggest fear was getting kicked out and losing my my benefits, like losing the GI Bill and you know. Um and then that eventually happened because I I jumped off a balcony and uh <laughs> <laughs> I tried to do a handstand on a balcony, and I, a second story balcony, and I fell. I was fine. They, but you know, my friends call. I was like, black. You know, my friends call. I was like, blacked out. You know, and they called an ambulance, and then some. Yeah. And then somebody, you know, higher up, saw like, who is this guy that jumped off this balcony? And they're like, he's gotten in trouble like four or five times before, and he's still. Why is he not kicked out already? Mm-hmm. So then they were
0: like, we're gonna we're gonna kick you out for real. So what happens after the Marine Corps?
1: After I got out, man, I drove my little Toyota full of crap up north to my parents' house in Maryland. And um, I really didn't know what the fuck I was gonna do. Like um, my dad got me like this, you know, construction job for the electrical union, making like pretty decent money. So I was like, I'm doing that, I'm gonna do that. It's not what I like really wanted to do, but I was like, I was just like, I have to, I figured I'd try to stay clean again. I try to get clean again and go to meetings. Mm -hmm. Cause I just didn't know what else to do. Cause I knew if I started using again, Within a week or two, my parents would kick me out, and I'd be living in my Corolla. And I like was like, I don't want to. I was like, I'm gonna end up, you know, I'm just gonna end up locked up, you know, because I spent, I never went to like prison, but I went to jail. Like, I got locked up overnight or for like a week one time. Like, I was probably locked up overnight, you know, six seven times, um, just for drunken disorderly, trying to fight cops, like all kinds of crazy shit. Um, And I was like lucky enough to. Never have anything like, you know, do anything like real time. But I knew it was like only a matter of time before I like, you know, crashed a car and like killed somebody or something.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So I figured like, I'll just try to get it clean again. But I had no real like faith that like anything was going to be different this time. I just figured the same shit was going to happen. I'd get a couple of months clean and I would like fuck up again. And did you stay clean? I did.
0: That was the time <laughs> to stayed clean? Yeah. How'd you end up in Florida?
1: So I was up living with my parents, doing the construction thing for like three months. Before I got out of the Marines, I'd started, a friend had told me about Craigslist, right? And Craigslist is a really amazing site. Mm. It's not what it used to be because I, I don't think they have the personals anymore on there. So I was talking about like Craigslist and I started I started using the personal stuff. So I started like hooking up with like girls off there, you know, doing stuff with guys. And I also found, saw a thing that said like, to be a stripper for bachelorette parties, So I was like, "What the?" And this was actually like right when uh, Magic Mike came out.
0: So you were like, that was the bro, crazy- You were like, "I'm gonna be fucking yeah. Magic Mike." Yeah, and um,
1: <laughs> I emailed it. It was like a month later, and I forgot about it. And then this guy called me up, and he's like, "Hey, I got a bachelorette party tonight. Can you come to Wilmington? It's like an hour away." And I was like, "I'll be there." And right when that that night, I had like just gotten four months clean, mm-hmm. and of course, I met this guy to do the bachelorette party and immediately had a blue moon and like started, you know, I had like four or five beers cause I thought, well, I'm a, I'm a male stripper now. I'm a yeah, you basically a celebrity, I can drink. <laughs> <laughs> and it went pretty good. I mean, it was crazy. And so then like the, for the rest, like, you know, five, six months I had left, I kind of, you know, I would do like a bachelorette party w- about once a week or so. And I would usually be like a cop. I'd be like officer Longfellow, <laughs> and I'd be like uh, ladies. There's been some, several noise complaints. And then I would like, you know, <laughs> it was pretty wild. And wonderful. Was thing it is,
0: like a group of you or it was just you?
1: It was, well, it was me and this other guy. The other guy was like, he would do them sometimes, but he was like the DJ. So he would like come in, like I would like knock and then be like, ladies, you're making way too much noise in here. <laughs> and, and then he would like have his little like speaker thing They'd be like, Officer Longfellow's in the house, and then like, they'd be playing music, and then I'd start like dancing. I, I've never, I'm not a good dancer. I didn't know, you know what I mean? <laughs> but I was in really good shape back then. So whatever. Yeah, it worked. But I mean, like the ego trip was like pretty big, for, you know, for a little bit. But from that first time I did it, the next day was when I ended up jumping off the balcony. So, oh, so like, wait,
0: so you were doing this in the Marine Corps? Yeah. So you're in the Marine Corps yeah. and doing bachelorette parties? Yeah. <laughs>
1: And then I remember there was like, I got in trouble and there was like pending investigation. Like they were probably gonna kick me out and everybody hated me. And I was still, I remember being on restriction where I couldn't leave base. And then I got a uh, booking for this bachelorette party and I just went and did it. Cause I was like, you guys are kicking me out anyway, fuck off. Mm-hmm. And then I remember being like having no money, I spent it all and being stranded like an hour and a half away from base and just getting a cab and using, cause they had some kind of thing uh, where they would pay for your cab if you didn't have money. <laughs> so I had like the, the guy on duty pay for like a $150 cab
0: <laughs> to do a bachelor party. Yeah.
1: Nice. But from that, like that got me thinking about what, you know, what I was going to do next, which was, was
0: uh, porn, um, so then you moved to Florida yeah. to do porn. Yeah,
1: so I was like what, looking around. What
0: got it. you did want to wanna do porn? Oh, Craigslist again. Craigslist, there's yeah. another ad. Yeah. Another ad. Well,
1: I started looking around cause I thought like, I'm okay at this bachelorette stuff. And then I think I'm kinda, cause I was, before I got kicked out, I knew I was gonna get kicked out cause I was super guilty of being a horrible <laughs> drunken mm-hmm. mess. Um, so I was like, what kind of thing can I do? Like I'm not, I don't have money to go to college. I'm Nobody's gonna pay for that. Like, I don't even know what I would do anyway. So i like, what else? I was like, well, I could maybe do porn, you know? Because I was like, well, either that's that. I'm going to like work at like fucking PetSmart again. Or
0: you Did know. you think like people were going to see this and like my my family or whatever? Or you just didn't care? That's
1: why I didn't do it. I was going to do it right immediately when I got out of the Marines. And then I waited. And I just went back, did construction for three months. Because I was like, I was super freaky, man. Like I've always been like, you know, I've always been by and like pretty much down for whatever. But.
0: So you've been by since you were a kid.
1: I mean, like, it's not a teenager or whatever, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? I knew I was kind of like into some weird shit, you know what I mean? Like I was open to kind of like whatever. I knew <laughs> I was like mostly into girls, but also down for other stuff too. But I also wouldn't tell anybody that, that I was in into guys at all. So that was the biggest thing was just like, I knew that I was cool with doing whatever, but I was just like, I don't know if, I don't want you know people to see like, Me blowing guys and stuff like that's not, you know, I'm going to be, I'm going to be embarrassed. Yeah. And then I was like pouring concrete for like a week (laughs) and I was like, I'm going to
0: go to Florida and suck dicks. I don't (laughs) fucking care anymore.
1: I was like, I can't, (laughs) I was like, I don't want to, I was like, fuck it. I don't care.
0: Pouring concrete is not doing it. Yeah. I was just like, I can't,
1: I don't know, man. Like just doing this construction stuff and like, it just, most of the guys there were like. Like middle aged redneck dudes who were like hungover every day. And I was like, I'm going to like stick around with this and then start an apprenticeship and then maybe uh, finish that. And three or four years from now, I'll be making 80K a year mm-hmm. and I'll buy a nice pickup truck. I was like, I can't do this, man. I'm going to start mm-hmm. using it again. I can't handle it. Mm-hmm. And I knew that the, just going to Florida to do porn was insane. But I was like, Why Florida? Well, I don't, I just knew for some reason that like, because I use Craigslist I went on like gigs or something and there's like ads or whatever for adult stuff and I found them, but I figured I knew like LA was big for some reason. I just knew California and I figured Miami it's, like South mm-hmm. Florida had it too for some reason. And I'm, you know, from like, you know, Maryland. So I thought like, I don't want to move all the way out to fucking LA, but you know, Florida's not that far away from mm-hmm. you know, it's still on the East Coast. So I just I looked in Craig's than like, in Miami, Fort
0: Lauderdale. Where did you move to? Fort Lauderdale? Yeah. So how did your first gig go? I think it went pretty good.
1: <laughs> I can't, there's, like, a few scenes. Like, I can't remember. I don't know if I can remember exactly the very first one. One of the first ones was, like, I was, like, banging a dude in, the, uh, in a van. like
0: It was, like, Bang Bros, mm-hmm. but it was a dude. <laughs> and, uh, it really was Bang Bros. Yeah, that was Bang the Bro, yeah. Why did you start doing the gay porn? It just paid more? Well, because,
1: like, I didn't know anything about how the industry worked. And I just, I've always assumed, and, like, most of the guys I've ever talked to just think that you, there's no way you can just go into porn and just start banging hot chicks.
0: Mm-hmm. You got to start from the bottom.
1: Yeah. You got to <laughs> fuck dudes for a while. You got to take some loads. You got to, like, you got <laughs> to, like, prove yourself. And then, you know. And then I heard that you just make way more money doing mm-hmm. gay porn. Um, I found out that was all a lie. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean like per scene uh, doing gay porn you make more money mm-hmm. as a guy usually like you might make 800, 1000 bucks but even a lot of times it's not a lot of the big straight companies they'll pay a guy 5, 600 sometimes the big names guys you know they'll make maybe 1000 or more scene mm-hmm. but um, and, I, and I also learned later on that like in straight porn a lot of the companies will use the same guys like over and over and over and over again in gay porn, it's like you might work for this company, that company, and then like that company's not gonna hire you again for another month or two. Yeah. Cause they're like, we just we just, you know, patted you out, dude. And we fuck we got we got our scene, you know. Mm-hmm. We're, we're gonna find some other guy. But I was just down I was like down for whatever, man. I was just like
0: What did know. what did like friends and family say? I well, I lied
1: to them, of course. <laughs> I didn't tell them what I was doing. I said that I was doing fitness modeling. <laughs> I said that I was a fitness model.
0: What um, did they say when they found out? I was doing it for maybe like 3
1: months and like so like important it's you know it's like you're a contractor so you get you have to fill out like um you know a W9 and you get W2s and shit. It was like I would started like in November or something and then like some of the and I use my parents address up in Maryland for some of these shoots. Mm-hmm. And you know, they told me like, oh, well, it's just generic company name. It's not gonna say like big fat cocks <laughs> entertainment or whatever, don't worry. And I was like, oh, okay. And it did? Cause I couldn't remember. <laughs> it didn't, but my mom was like uh, sneaky enough to like Google the company names. Cause it would be like, you know, like Fastlane Entertainment or something else, you know, whatever mm-hmm. it would have been. And then, and she called me up. I've been doing it for like three, four months down here. And she's like, Andrew, you're doing mm-hmm. gay porn? <laughs> <laughs> you're doing gay fucking porn. And then I just immediately hung up the phone <laughs> and I was like, fuck. And then I, I called her back like a day or two later. Did your parents know you were by? They found out. Yeah. A few years before. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is the thing is like, they were totally cool with that. They were just like, which almost blew me away. I wanted them to kind of like disown me or something. <laughs> Cause I felt kind of ashamed.
2: Mm hmm.
1: But they were just like, do whatever you want. Just stop drinking drinking and using Mm -hmm. and stuff and like crashing cars and like being a complete, you know, menace to society. They were really accepting about stuff. But that the gay, yeah, when my mom found out, she immediately freaked out. What'd your dad say? I think my dad was kind of more like, do you have health insurance? (laughs) He's like a little more like, this isn't a good career path. (laughs) But he was like a little bit more like kind of whatever. But then I called my mom back a day or two later and I told her like, hey, listen, I get tested. Because um, I told her too, I was like, oh, I'm clean. I'm not using and, you know, they, I don't think they believed me. But, I mean, when I originally went down here, I figured it was like a 50-50 if I'd stay clean or not. Mm-hmm. But immediately, like the first night I got in the, to Florida, I was like, I got to find a meeting. Because I was like, I'm going to use mm-hmm. and I'm going to get locked up down here. And I was like, I don't want to do that. So, I mean, right away, I think the second meeting I went to, I got a sponsor and um, I mean, right away for the like first time I was like, I was scared to, u- I was like super scared to use. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I got to actually work the steps and like get involved and go to meetings and it, like moving across the country, like the geographic location thing is like definitely not something that's like works or is a good idea for everybody. But for me, it was like. Like sink or swim, kind of. Mm-hmm. Because if I would have stayed up north, I think it would have been a matter of time before I just started, you know, drinking again. Because I was just getting like I wasn't grateful, I wasn't feeling great about what I was doing, and and you know I was just like, oh, I got to stay clean so I don't get kicked out of my parents' house. Yeah. Which is a miserable kind of existence, mm-hmm. to have, you know. Then I moved down to Florida, and I was just like, I got to stay clean so I don't, you know, try to punch a cop and, <laughs> <laughs> and get locked up and. um I wanted to see what was, you know, because I knew what was going to happen if I started using again. But I was just like, what if I did this crazy shit and I'm doing porn
0: and I don't use, you know? How did the, your career kind of progress? Like, what did it, like it turned into just doing gigs to?
1: Yeah, so I like found an agent and um, a gagent. A gaygent. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and so like they, all agents like lie. They're all like liars pretty much. I mean, they're good. Some are good, but I mean, it's, it's like, but it's one of those things like, you know, he, cause I told him like I was down for anything. And then he was just like, yeah, we'll, we'll do straight stuff. But there's mostly just like gay stuff. <laughs> cause the way the industry works is like kind of as a guy, once you start doing gay porn, they're like,
0: it's like, ah, we got gotcha. you. They label you. as Yeah. And then
1: you can't really do mainstream straight porn unless you like stop doing gay porn for like six months or so and change your name. And, you know um so that kind of traps a lot of guys to where it's like well, I'm not gonna stop doing what's make giving me money so it's like mm-hmm. you know but I was kind of like I was like whatever it doesn't matter um, did
0: people in recovery try to deter you from doing it like did people ever say like this isn't good for your recovery or whatever it's unspiritual
1: yeah I mean I got some of that not a ton I mean a lot of times from like you know, sometimes girls would be weird about it. Sometimes older guys especially would be weird. You know, I was like pretty kind of like defensive about it, mm-hmm. you know, because um, the truth was like, I didn't know how I felt maybe the first year or so. So, but I told myself like, I have to be honest if people ask me what I do, because my kind of thing was like, I'm not going to tell people, but if they ask what I do, I'll tell them.
2: Mm-hmm. Like,
1: I was like, I do porn and they'll be like, oh, what kind of porn, what do you, what do you, and Gay porn. <laughs> or like, I think I said like, do uh you know, gay and straight. Even though I didn't do gay, straight stuff for maybe like eight months. <laughs> but cause there was a lot of shame. Like I didn't know how to, it was like my first time ever telling anybody that I was gay or bi or anything different than being like just a straight dude. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was just like, I knew that I couldn't lie about that shit if I wanted to stay clean. Um, and a lot of people were just like, oh, whoa, cool. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> But then sometimes if anybody that, like, kind of would be a little bit like, oh, how is that – how do you stay clean? And i am like, how do you stay clean? Mm-hmm. People don't use drugs at your restaurant, you know?
0: Is so, the industry, like, rampant with drugs?
1: It's not really that crazy as what, like, people thought. I mean, I thought coming down to do porn, I thought that it was going to be, like, just cocaine everywhere, you know, big glass coffee tables and, like, you know, like, pimps, like, beating up women and, like, <laughs> fucking <laughs> – you know, like big, like automatic machine gun, like just crazy shit. I thought it was gonna be like wild, but I was like, I don't fucking care. Like I'm, I'm down. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. You know, I was like, oh, I wanna try to stay clean, but I was like, you know, if I don't, well, oh well. Um, but it's like, not like that. You have to do all this paperwork, you know, as a producer now, like I'm always making sure that, you know, it's always part of it. The girls I film like aren't on the influence of alcohol or drugs. Um, because it's I didn't realize like, oh, it's like a liability thing. If somebody's under the influence, it's like they can't really give consent. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot more professional than I expected. You know, but there's plenty of drugs and stuff, but but it's more like after scenes or like, you know, and people's downtime. But there's a lot more people in it that are just kind of more normal. There are, you know, people that are that are drug addicts and that are using an active addiction, but it's not as not nearly as crazy as I expected.
0: Mm-hmm. So what happens in your recovery where you decide, like, or you really feel like you're going to stay clean this time?
1: I kind of knew pretty quickly when I got my sponsor down here and I started, like, hanging out with him every day because he worked at, like, a Starbucks. I don't know. He worked a few different days or whatever, but I would, like, we'd go to meetings every day. You know, he started me on, like, step work and I actually started doing it. I started, like, hanging out with people, like, after meetings till, like, one, two in the morning and going to like diners and stuff and like i don't know there's an exact point but i just kind of knew like i think i might actually be able to stay clean probably the biggest thing that really i knew something was different this time was when because you get you know you should get paid like in a check from doing a scene and i remember like i'm driving to a meeting or something and then i realized like in my wallet there was like three thousand dollars in checks Mm -hmm. that i hadn't cashed yet and i was like what the fuck? Because a year before, it's like if I had $3,000, it was like, I'm at the bank. I'm like, give me cash right now. And they're like, sir, we have to, there's a, I'm like, give me my money right now. <laughs> like the idea of having just $3,000 was insane to me.
0: Yeah. It's Cause not burning a hole in your pocket. Yeah.
1: I mean, like when I was using stuff, like I never really thought about money. Like money was just, I needed to get some to use, mm-hmm. you know, to buy Coke, to buy weed, to get, you know, to buy booze, like, you didn't just have a bunch of money, you know what I mean? When I got paid for anything, it was just like, that was already going to, you know, to use. So that was a big kind of turning point was, I was like, I'm making more money than I'm used to. And like, I'm not, I haven't used yet. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that like gradually, like, as I made more and more money and stuff over time, I grew into like, to being able to like, oh, like money's just a thing. It doesn't mean I need to. A lot of times I was used, I had this fantasy that somehow like, I'd get my, you know, um, using under control, and then also I'd somehow get like a really fancy wooden chest and I'd fill it full <laughs> of like fancy exotic drugs. Mm-hmm. And I, <laughs> it's so insane. And like I'd have like some, like a bunch of acid and like
0: ecstasy and like Yeah, you feel like and, if I had more money, I'd be able to manage it. I
1: thought that if I could just get ahead and get, you know, like $5,000 or something, and I could just get a whole bunch of drugs and i have this special drug chest, I would just... <laughs> I would be able to just use a little bit and then put not it, use all of it. And put, I just, it and put
0: it back. And I put it back. Yeah,
1: I'd put it back and just have a good time. Yeah, I'd be able to like. Have
0: like a gentleman's drink. Yeah,
1: yeah. I'd, have a little, I'd have a little cocktail, do a couple lines, and i put it back under the mm-hmm. hidden wall. <laughs> I mean, it's just crazy, man. But that was a fantasy I had.
0: So, how did your career start like changing? You started doing straight porn?
1: Yeah, well, I, I first got into like, you know, I did, mostly did like gay stuff for about a year. I did okay, um, and then like I had a shoot come up that was like my agent said it was a buy shoot. He's like, "This is a buy shoot," and I'm like, "Oh, bet." All right, cool. <laughs> Get to do a buy scene, but actually, it was like a female domination scene, mm-hmm. and it was like in Loxahatchee, like middle um, of nowhere, middle of nowhere, like a few miles, like maybe like five miles on this dirt road, um, past like a pig farm and this like big house, and like. They would like chain guys up to crosses and beat them with whips and like
0: multiple women. Yeah.
1: Wow. And they would, but to guys, they'd be doing this to guys. <laughs> it was like female domination stuff. So I get there and I'm like, "Well, this is crazy. And, uh, <laughs> but they were cool with me not doing like actual like torture stuff. Cause I was like, I'm a gay porn model. You can't bruise me. <laughs> I need to look good. Um, but I would do like, um, you know, sex like boy, girl sex uh, with a female model, but it would be like, you know, just a few minutes, but I would be tied to like something like a <laughs> doll cage or like, cause I'd be like, you know, they, they you know, the fantasy is like, you're, I'm somehow like, you know, a person that was abducted and chained in a basement or something and, you know, they might, these cause might fuck me. And then they also make me like lick their feet and they'd like suffocate me with their asses and stuff. <laughs> and like. But it was, I mean, it was pretty cool shit. You know what I mean? It was like, um, cause I've always been pretty freaky. So I was open to, mm-hmm. and you know, it paid less than like a lot of shoots I did. Um, but you know, it was like three or 400 bucks. So I was like, this is fucking cool. Wow. you know. And I ended up really working at that place and for this, with this one producer for like a year and a half. And that became like my main kind of job. Cause I would do pretty much everything. The only things I didn't, I couldn't do were like, actually getting like whipped mm-hmm. and stuff. But there was guys that would come and do that and kicked in the balls. Wow! But there was guys that would come and do that for free. <laughs> they were just, there was like actual dudes that were just into it. Yeah. But their dicks didn't usually work. They couldn't like actually do any real sex stuff, but they could get
0: like- Kicked in the balls. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah,
1: I mean, I've seen guys getting viciously kicked in the balls by like three women in like leather boots and just get rock hard.
0: That's crazy. Yeah, I
1: mean, just like really wild. I've seen some (laughs) wild shit up in Loxahatchee. What do you
0: think is like the craziest scene you've done where you like wake up the next day like that probably wasn't uh, normal?
1: I mean, early on, maybe like I'd been in the industry for another, maybe like two and a half years or something. And I was like dating this girl who had started doing it on porn too. And we went to this, it was like a swingers scene in Tennessee for like some DVD company. So, I mean, I fucked like maybe like six, seven girls and it was just like a big orgy thing, Mm -hmm. but with a bunch of guys too. But it was actually like, it was fun though. It wasn't like, but I was kind of like, this shit is crazy. (laughs) This shit is crazy. And then like, we pissed on each other. I was like, this is wild, (laughs) this is some wild shit. And like, we didn't make a bunch of, but I was just like, this is fucking, you know? Cause back then, I mean, back then the first few years, it was a lot more like, I was cool with doing stuff with guys and it was hot or whatever sometimes, but it was really like like fucking girls was like a self-esteem thing for me. So like the more girls that I fucked, the more it would make me feel like- A man. A man and mm-hmm. like fucking cooler and sh- You know what I mean? Like if I would fucked like five girls in a week, you couldn't ruin my day. <laughs> you could hit my car and like, I would be like, I don't care. I'm fucking <laughs> super cool and amazing. <laughs> I fuck women for money, Yeah, you know what I mean? like. To where it's like, it's a lot, it just became kind of more normal. Mm-hmm. Like it's fun. I really like do it. And like, I don't want to do anything else.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely not. I don't want to, <laughs> I still want to fuck hot 19 year olds for my yeah. job, but it's, it, I don't get that. hit. It's like, it's like with the drugs, you know what I mean? Where you kind of, sometimes where it's like over time, like you just use to get by, mm-hmm. but with the sex, it's like, it's not that it's, you know, but it's like, I don't, you know, really get high from it. It's just like, it's cool though, mm-hmm. you know. Um yeah, but that's enjoy, everything you get. You enjoy like, what you do. Yeah, I mean that's the thing is like, but I realize like, oh, I can't use this as like, this doesn't fix me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, having sex with ten hot girls or twenty hot girls it doesn't fix my problems.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's cool. It's still I like it, <laughs> but it's not. You know what I mean? I can still be sad. I can still fuck my life up and and be miserable, and mm-hmm. depressed. Yeah, which, which was crazy. Which I've seen. If you t- if you would have <laughs> told me like four years ago, did I would be a millionaire banging hot chicks for a living buying supercars and I would be sad and overweight. I would not. I'd be like, that's not, how (laughs) how is that possible? Can't happen. How would that be a thing?
0: How did you start becoming successful? So, cause I remember when I first met you, you know, we would go to meetings and we'd go out to eat. And uh, I remember you just like telling stories. And I remember like, there was this one guy at, uh, out to eat with us. And he was a few people away from us, and you were telling us that you had done gay porn or whatever. And he like spit up his food and he was just like, wait, wait, wait a second. He's like, did I hear you correctly? Like, you fuck dudes. And it wasn't that it was like a prejudice or a homophobic thing. He was just like, yeah. He couldn't believe it. He was like, yo, I'm from, I remember like, you, I'm from New York, bro. People don't talk about that shit. He was like, you do that for a living? And you're like, yeah.
1: Yeah, because a lot of people wouldn't have wouldn't guess that, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would be pretty open with it. And when people ask me stuff, I'll just usually kind of just go off, you know. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times, like I don't share a lot, and I'm. Um, there's a lot of people that like before they if they they don't hang out with me yeah, or whatever. Like they think I'm just really quiet
2: mm-hmm.
1: or whatever. And then like they hear me talk, and if they get to know me a little bit more, and I start talking about some of the crazy shit I've done, and they're like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> like they're
0: like, "What?" Yeah. <laughs> But- um, so It's always the quiet people that are crazy. Yeah. How it was, did it go from making three, 400 bucks a shoot, 800 bucks a shoot to like the progression?
1: I'd been like about two years in, like being a model, working for other people. And they, the shoots kind of had been like, they started kind of like drying up a little bit. So, and I saw these people that weren't like big companies and they were like doing pretty well. Like they had like nice houses, a lot of them and like, and I was like, these people don't seem like geniuses. Maybe I could like do it too. And so I spent a few months like just doing research online, like looking around and thinking about like, I didn't have a ton of money saved up or anything. So I was just like, what can I afford? And um, I thought like, oh, I'm gonna do like a foot job thing and a hand job, because I was like, I could pay girls just like 50 bucks to give me like a hand job or something. <laughs> um, and eventually one day I was just like, I just woke up and I bought a camera. I went to the store, I bought a camera and a laptop and, and um, a tripod and like, I was like, let me start filming stuff. But i kind of figured out kind of what, um, I remember coming up with the name Family Therapy on the ride back from Loxahatchee, probably getting like fucked in a field <laughs> by some woman in like latex and stuff. I was like, Family Therapy? And then I was just like, I couldn't, I remember looking it up and like nobody's used that name mm-hmm. before. For Other porn, than. <laughs> for yeah. other family. And then I was just like, it's so generic that it's, you know, there's not just one, fa-, you know? So I was just like, fuck it. I was like, it's mm-hmm. brilliant. <laughs> It's perfect. Genius. I'm a genius. And I started, you know, I started filming. Um, I had a girlfriend at the time I was filming some stuff with and I'd pay her a little bit. And then I, some other girls that I knew from doing like the film. So that's when you
0: started filming your own content.
1: Yeah. And then for the next year, year and a half, I was still shooting for other people too.
2: Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, But I started. Were you making money from your own content? Pretty much right away. The first couple of days I got on Clips for Sale was the first place I put stuff. And I made maybe like $267, $267, I think, was the first check mm-hmm. for being online for three days. The first day, because it was like you upload um, videos that you shot, and then people paid to download them. And I didn't know, because I talked to people that were like, well, you know, just don't expect too much right away. And like, you know, there's a lot of people out there. And I was just like, oh yeah, I was like, we'll see what happens. And then like the first day my store went live, it was like, I made like 70 bucks. And I was just like, Fuck yeah. I was like millionaire mindset, <laughs> no, rise, yeah. and grind. rise and I, grind. I immediately was like hooked. I was immediately, I, cause I, you'd get emails, I'd get emails um, for a sale, you know what I mean? And I'd see like somebody in Australia, it, it showed like the IP address and like where, mm-hmm. so I'd be like Australia and then like um, Germany, like somebody, and I was just like, what the fuck?
0: I'm worldwide. Yeah, I was like, this is, <laughs>
1: this is real now, this is crazy. So, I mean, pretty quickly I started, I'm making some money. I think the first month I made like, Full month was I made like seventeen hundred bucks,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and um, it just kind of kept growing from there. So I just immediately like was like, I got to do things in, within a budget and make a profit and do stuff that I want to do, but that people want to watch. And
0: when did you feel like I'm gonna stop shooting for other people and just do this myself? I was probably
1: like maybe, maybe like eight nine months into it, and I'd probably been making about like five six k a month. Mm-hmm. I think maybe it was like, I was almost at six. And that was the point where I was like making more than I, I mean, kind of what I would when I was shooting a lot for other people. And I was mostly just doing like this femdom stuff still. And um, and I would also like, I would shoot maybe like once a week or two days a week for this guy doing the femdom stuff as the talent. And then also he started using me as a production assistant. So he would be like yelling at me like fucking, and this guy was in, in recovery too he's fucking cool i love him (laughs) he needs to get clean again he started using but um he taught me a lot too but like he would be yelling at me to like set the lights up and then also it's like okay get naked and strap yourself to the cage and then fucking so it was like a lot and the shoots would be long it'd be like 10 hours 12 hour days a lot of it doing not all that much because you're just waiting around for girls to get ready and all kinds of shit and like one day, like he yelled at me because he was like he would yell at me for not doing something, and if I would do something, then he would be like, "Why would you do that?" Sometimes, like it was one of those things where it was couldn't just, win depends on his mood, you know. But one day he got mad because I didn't like wrap some cord up right, and I was just like, "Fuck you, mm-hmm. I'm leaving," <laughs> and we I start we like started I started screaming at him. I lost it, mm-hmm. and then I left. And How long have been clean at this point? Probably like. Three years. Almost three years, two and a half years or something. Yeah. And then a year later, we kind of made up and I started being talent once in a while for him actually. Mm -hmm. But I was done. I was like, (laughs) but it was scary because I was at the point where I was like, I I was pretty much like, I can just do this. Mm -hmm. But I was also like, I'm scared. Like, but then I was just like, oh, I just burned that bridge down. So (laughs) I was like, so it's just the, and there was a few other people I'd worked for, but not much, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? It wasn't. You know, at that point, it was almost just the kind of, you know, the Femdom stuff and then my own stuff.
0: And then when did your stuff start blowing up? Like, when did you feel like, holy shit, I'm making money? Once I got on Pornhub. Because mm-hmm. prior to that, you're still pretty popular, but not like yeah, that. Yeah,
1: like I was I was on, um, you know, a few clip sites. And then I got on X videos and I was doing like, I got, a, you know, a lot of views on there, like six, you know, like 500 million, 600 million. But then I got on Pornhub and... um Cause like a friend of mine who's a producer was just like, dude, why aren't you on Pornhub? And I was just like, well, I tried to sign up, but it didn't, they didn't like email me back. And he's like, I'm making 30K a month. And I was like, what? <laughs> he was like, yeah. So I was like, all right. So I figured it out, I was emailing the wrong thing. And then, um, yeah, I mean like within the first month, I'd like over doubled my income. Wow. And I was like, I mean, the thing was that a lot of these tube sites, like they've were stealing my content for years. Mm-hmm. Um, which is like sometimes a good thing because it got more people to see my stuff. So it's like, in a way it's like, it's good. And then at a certain point you're like, okay, that's enough. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, once I, but once I got on that, on Pornhub, they let me transfer all that stuff, pirated views to my account. So, I mean, over, you know, over the course of like two weeks, I got a hundred billion views. Wow. Cause all my videos were already on, a lot of them were already on there. Mm-hmm. And then I just stayed on it. Cause I knew from, you know, already doing my own stuff. It's like, when you get momentum, you stay in it. You know, mm-hmm. you don't like let up the accelerator. You go fucking further in.
0: And that's what I did. And um, and then you're just like making money instantly.
1: Yeah. And then, you know, I'm doing, you know, upload every couple of days. And I just got views and views and views. And what'd you do when you first started making that? I called the Lamborghini dealership. <laughs> I think it was like a month after I started making like, I was on out for maybe like a, two months and I called up Lamborghini Broward. And, really? And I was like, I'd like to talk about that.
0: <laughs> your
1: financing options?
0: <laughs> I uh, mean, I immediately how, was like, I get started into, getting weird. Yeah. <laughs> when did you get into cars?
1: I only started getting into cars like uh, probably like five years ago, man. So I you're, always
0: not a re- lo- you're not a real car guy. No, then. I'm fake, man. <laughs>
1: I'm just trying to flex out yeah. here. Yeah. I mean, like I've always liked driving. I just like the idea, I've always had to have a car, no matter like Mm -hmm. what fucked up situation. And I'd wreck like cars and I'd be like, well, I gotta get another one, I gotta figure out. And just always like shitty cars. I I mean,
0: I'm obsessed. Like I love cars. I could talk about cars 24 (laughs) seven when I was, I mean, I'm a real real driver, you know what I mean? (laughs) But um, you know, when I was a little kid, I remember before drugs, being obsessed with cars, my mom would be driving next to a Ferrari and I'd be like, mom, it's a Ferrari. You got to go next to it. And she'd be like, what do you mean? I'm like, go, 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 go next to it. And um, I obsessed about a GTR for years. Like just watching YouTube videos about GTRs nonstop. Yeah, that's really lame. <laughs> <laughs> what, were you, what, what was the car did you want?
2: What
0: was um, like your dream car? No, well, first, like- you how see did that's your... thing
1: is, When I was a kid, I didn't know. It. The only thing is like, I knew what Lambos were. So I remember a few times seeing Lamborghinis and being like, "Oh, that's a Lambo," mm-hmm. but it didn't go any further than that. I didn't like think want about, one. Yeah, I didn't think about like owning one myself. I was like, the, even the idea of me having one was like, "What? Mm-hmm. What?" I didn't even think about like who's driving that. It was like that was like a unicorn out there. It was just a Lamborghini.
0: Yeah, it's,
1: it wasn't a driver. It was just doing. Like, yeah, <laughs> it was it's
0: just, not attainable. So it was but, just a uh, yeah. So what do you got now? You got the you have <laughs> so, a baby blue seven twenty.
1: Yeah, which is stage two. Stage two. And then stage two, uh, yeah, RS, out of the R7 and then they have a, uh, a G-Wagon, which is 63. You like it. It's really dope. I really, really like it. Yeah, I knew somebody a couple years back that had a G-Wagon mm-hmm. and I thought it was kind of dumb. <laughs> um, I just never thought about them that much. Like, cause I heard they weren't that great, but then I, uh, you know, like YouTube again, I, I started watching YouTube videos yep. and then I, a day later, I'm like, I gotta, I'm calling car dealerships and mm-hmm. I'm like, um, but the, yeah, it's a, a 19. So it's like one of the new style ones. You know, once they redid them. Um, yeah, the just, exhaust
0: so, on them is sick. It, yeah, that's the thing. It's like it's stock.
1: And I think I'm, I'm probably just going to keep it. You know, I just tinted the windows and like fucking it's just good. It's quick. It sounds crazy. It's comfortable. You know, I could tune it and stuff, but I don't know if I'm going to because it's like a giant bread truck. Yeah. So I'm kind of like, you I don't, don't know need if
0: it's going to go fast. <laughs>
1: Cause I like it a lot too. Cause it's like, you just kind of get on it and you're like going 60-70 yeah. even. And, but it feels like you're going like 120.
0: Yeah. If you go 120 in that car, you feel like you're going to die. Yeah. It feels really. Yeah. Let's talk about how, like the past couple of years, cause I remember there was, I remember that period of time where you were probably the most depressed person I've ever met.
1: Yeah. I, um, well, what had happened was like, I started, see like the first few years I was clean down here. I sponsor, I worked all the steps. I did H and I for like a year, year and a half. I was doing the fucking deal and Mm -hmm. I was about it. Um, And I was doing shoots and stuff and I was cool with that. And then I, you know, I got in this relationship and I kind of started drifting away um, from sponsorship and like working steps and stuff um, with that. And then in the middle of that relationship I started filming my own stuff. So once I started my own like business, I became like obsessed with that. So that became like the priority kind of. And I would still, I've always kind of made sure I've like, usually like hit a few meetings a week, even where like there was, you know, a couple of years where it's like, I just be in the back. I wouldn't talk to anybody or just a few people I wouldn't share. Cause I just like know in my bones, like what'll happen if I like stop going to meetings for six months,
0: Mm -hmm. you know? Which is the same story with everybody. I mean, yeah, that's how everyone. And I've just
1: seen it. I've just seen it so many times, man i just kind of got obsessed with building my business and and then it got to where it was like you know chasing the money and then getting into cars and stuff and you know it got my head like oh i gotta make this money and i'm I'm getting these like crazy cars and like that became the priority and i broke one of my like like a pinky finger at some point like i think like three years ago Mm -hmm. and up to that i was like in the best shape of my life probably like three and a half years ago and then I was like, well, I got a broken finger. I can't work out for a little while. I got to take it easy. <laughs> and I let myself gain like 10, 20 pounds. And then I was already at that point, like not focused on really recovery. I was just like, oh, I got to stay clean. But important things are like making lots of money, buying McLarens, crashing McLarens, <laughs> getting another McLaren, crashing that McLaren. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't like, doing the deal. Mm-hmm. And so then I, I, you know, I ended up putting on like, letting myself kind of be like, I'm filming my own stuff. It's all POV anyway. It doesn't matter if I gain 10 or 20 pounds, who gives a shit. I'm a rich, famous porn star now. I do whatever I want, crash as many McLarens as I want. Um, And then like, you know, I just kinda, I started gaining weight and it's just like, shit, I fucking gained like 20 pounds. It's like, and I just started being like, then I started eating more. Cause it's like, def- cause I, you know,
0: Feel bad, so you, yeah, you eat feel more. bad, and then you
1: just—I started using it like a drug. Um,
0: I'm fat because I eat, and I eat because I'm fat. Yeah,
1: I gained like another 20 pounds probably. Yeah,
0: because I was just like not leaving the
1: house, getting Uber Eats, a lot of Taco Bell, Taco Bell. I would get Denny's in the middle of the night, um, ice cream, Cold Stone, uh, Checkers. I would get like—I <laughs> mean, I eat some gross shit, man. I mean, it would, i mean, I mean it was like the middle of 3 a.m. There was a guy. Um, Shout out to like uh, Motown Mike, I think um, he would be like, cause a lot of times I would, I would end up like trying to not eat anything until, and then it would be like 3.34 in the morning. And I'd be like, all right, I'm getting Uber fucking mm-hmm. Cause it would, a lot of times it would be like using, it'd be like, all right, I'm not doing it. And they'd be like, all right, I'm gonna do it tomorrow. I'm gonna get clean tomorrow. I'm gonna stop doing this shit tomorrow. But it's like, right now it's four in the morning. And I'm getting fucking $40 of cheeseburgers from Checkers.
0: I've been there before.
1: And then a lot of times it was the same dude Motown Mike and he would come he had, the Uber he, Eats guy. Yeah, he had this like charger and he would he was so nice to me and I'd tip him really good. And uh, but it was like always just kind of cringy. He'd be like, Hey, and I'd get like a milkshake be like, got your milkshake nice and cold, buddy. And I was just like, <laughs> and I'm just like outside my house at like 4 30 in the morning, and I was just like, But like just like the overeating, the shit with cars. I mean, like, all that stuff is like it's reminded me like so how how real it is that I'm an addict. Mm-hmm. Um and it showed me like I can be clean and just totally fuck up my life. I'm kind of coming out on the other side of that. It was crazy. I mean, I probably ended up putting on like about like, 80 pounds, man. Uh,
0: and what, you've lost like what, 40 now? I think about that, yeah. Yeah, a lot of people don't think it's real, but like, you know, I know like it's more prevalent like with women where I would say 50% of women in recovery have some type of eating disorder or yeah. whatever. But like for me, eating is like... I have a real people like think I'm joking, but I really do have like a serious eating.
1: Yeah, I think when well, I used to be on Instagram, I think I would see sometimes you would post like all this, and I'd be like, Jesus Christ, <laughs> Ryan is a pig.
0: But yeah, I totally, I'm get. a binge eater, bro. I really yeah. binge and like I'll work out super hard and all this other stuff. But like when I when I flip that switch in my brain, then I'm like, all right, today's the day I'm eating bad. Like it turns into you know, days. I was like, I'm gonna have a cheat meal and that cheat meal turns into the cheat days and cheat weekends. And...
1: Yeah, I understand that. I mean, even w- what I ended up doing is like my brother told me about this and it's really, it's called like OMAD, like one meal a day, mm-hmm. right? But uh, maybe like seven, eight months ago, like we st- my, me and my brother started talking a lot in um, the past year and he lost all this weight. He was like 300 pounds or
0: something and he's like skinny now. What is uh what does your family think now that you're like super successful? They just asked me for money.
1: <laughs> no, they like my my parents are they're pretty successful too, but like they're they're really proud of me. That's cool. I think they're kinda like, can't believe that I'm like
0: not drunk. Yeah. And yeah. like live
1: in the gutter. And I it feel the same way, kinda.
0: Um, People always ask me questions like how my mom might feel about like things that I do, and I'm just like No, my parents had such big fish to fry that like, they don't care. Like, as long as I'm clean, like I couldn't upset my mom in a million years. Like my parents just wanted me to be clean my whole life. And now that I'm clean, like they really have no issues whatsoever with what I do.
1: Yeah, I mean, my parents just, they wanted me to get clean and and to be happy, Um, which is like kind of like corny, but like they legit just want me to be happy and do what I want to do. And then, me like going home to visit and stuff you know like they realize like oh he's actually staying clean Mm -hmm. and after a few years you know there was kind of like oh but how long can you do this because like old people love to ask me like well you can't do that forever and i'm like i will literally have a heart attack inside an 18 year old at like 65 years old and I will die. Like I can do this for as long as I want. I yeah, the
0: grandpa porns.
1: Yeah, they. It's like <laughs> and it's like I do. POV. I can. You can't stop me. I will keep. Unless, like I will. I will do this forever. There will be eight hundred million porn videos of me.
0: How's uh? How's your work ethic? Because I know like a lot of people think like it must be easy to do what you do, but I know you have like really good work ethic. Yeah, I mean, it's just like I
1: kind of just am always like working, but it's like. My work is like my hobby. It's like what I want, I don't, I wouldn't know what to do if I didn't work all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, early on, like when I started it, like I was like always looking at different stuff, other videos and like thinking about what to do next and editing stuff and, um, cause I still do everything myself.
0: Yeah, you edit everything yourself. Yeah,
1: I use Windows Movie Maker, (laughs) which I don't even like put on computers anymore. (laughs) And it's the greatest editing software of all time but i like to keep things simple you know what i mean but i but i'm just always shooting a lot and i'm always putting out new videos and like my style is really simple but i really try to make my videos feel a certain way and like early on i realized too is like it didn't take a lot of money or like fancy equipment to make stuff look good Mm -hmm. and a lot of people might use like stuff that's pretty fancy and then like the video is actually not that good Mm -hmm. so i realized like with a limited budget how do I make shit as hot and look as good as possible? Um, and that's why I've, I've just been like obsessed with it. And it's, you know, I love it. I'm mean, sometimes I get burnt out, but it's kind of like, cause I think about sometimes like, what if one of these companies like tries to buy me out, <laughs> you know, and um, that's not gonna happen because like I am the brand. Yeah. So it doesn't make sense for them to, you know, without me doing the videos, it wouldn't kind of, I don't know, I guess the, the brand name and stuffs. Pretty popular, but, but I just fantasize about just getting like, you know, like, you know, 20, 30 million dollars and then being like, but then it's like, I don't know what I would do. You yeah. Know? I would probably still want to keep doing porn. Mm-hmm. I just come, like, I have a different pseudonym, like name or something. Maybe
0: you do something else. No, I don't want to do
1: that. <laughs> I see that's the thing too is like, cause like I know people now with money and they're entrepreneurs and successful and stuff. And I'm like, oh, cool. And like, I, all that stuff applies to that doing porn. I just try to make a good product, treat people fairly and expand and grow and make more stuff and um, get stuff on new platforms. Um, it's just like a lot of other businesses, but I have like, a I I want to kind of like get into other businesses too, but I'm scared. And like, every other business seems like dumb to me. Mm-hmm. Like, it seems <laughs> like, wait, you put in this much money and you make this much back. And like, in my business, it's kind of like, it's just, there's much less like friction between like the investment, the pro- making the product and putting it out, but. It's pretty streamlined. But the the way the world is now, it's like, I don't know, it's scary, man. Pornhub, you know, getting messed with and, mm-hmm. um, you know, i Visa, MasterCard and a lot of different things, like, nothing is like guaranteed, you know? Um, so it would be nice to have like a boring business or something like, own like a couple burger fives or something <laughs> like but I don't, I don't know you know what i mean i don't know what it, that was going to be but i know that at least for now like it's hard for me to see myself doing anything else mm-hmm. well i
0: appreciate you coming on the show man i appreciate you having me on man this is uh this has been a trip hell has an exit it does <laughs> cool story thanks appreciate love you, you. thank you love you too bro later This show is not affiliated with any specific 12-step program. If you or a loved one is struggling with an addiction, please find a local 12-step meeting. If you believe you may need detox or drug treatment of any kind, please call 888-699-9395 to speak to a specialist. This show is sponsored by United Recovery Project, a state-of-the-art drug and alcohol rehab facility. You can visit our website at unitedrecoveryproject.com.